Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Welcome one, welcome all to the Simple Politics Podcast. I'm your host and political spark, Kobe Omanaka. And as always, I'm joined by my co-host and political supernovas, Diane and Tatton, how are you guys doing today? Oh, brilliant, Kobe. Yes. And welcome back, by the way. <laughs> supernova, amazing. Thank you. That That's given me a Champagne little supernova, boost. Maybe. Yes. Yep. Yep. Bit, love a bit of Oasis. Well, my holiday was good. Tiring. A three-year-old running around, going swimming twice a day. It's fun, but also you don't get to sleep and relax or feel refreshed afterwards. But <laughs> maybe it changes. Money as well good as spent. Rest. That's Money what they well say. spent, Kobe. <laughs> Do you know what? I feel I feel like like listeners to this podcast have enjoyed Charlotte coming in a couple of times and they're now back and you know, all of us again. It must feel exhausting, but a change is as good as a rest. So well done. Thank you very much, listeners. Oh, actually, listeners, if you enjoy this podcast, and I first of all, I hope you do. And secondly, it's an odd thing to be listening to if you don't. But uh, if you enjoy this podcast, we will be live. We're doing a live version of this podcast at the London Podcast Festival in September. It's Friday the 15th of September. And if you want to get tickets, guys, go to kingsplace.co.uk. The venue is Central London. It's in King's Cross. To check out the festival and particular, of course, Simple Politics, go to kingsplace.co.uk. And the simplest way to find us is to type in Simple Politics. There's also a link in our bio on the SPE bio. So have a look there. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, exciting times. Guys, you should be there. Get your questions ready as well for the second part of the podcast. Honestly, it's going to be really, really fun just uh, hanging out in a room with uh, friendly people, doing the podcast live. Yeah, can't wait. And I might let someone buy me a drink. <laughs> if you want to, you know, if you want to. At London prices, that's a hell of a gift. Yeah, that is. That is, is. super generous. Thank you very much, guys, in advance. <laughs> Well, should we get on to the first part of the podcast? This is the top post of the week. Tatten, what do we have? You lead us out, please. So at number three, it's a really fascinating post because uh, it's all about the Rwanda policy. The illegal migration bill is currently in the House of Lords. They're ripping it apart. It's fundamentally, if people come here illegally, which is basically any way to come here, then they will be shipped to Rwanda. And the purpose of that is that if people need protection, they can be processed in Rwanda. And if they can have that protection, if they have suitable reasons for that protection, then they can stay in Rwanda, which is a safe country, according to the government. Or if they're not, they can be deported back. So we now know how much it's going to cost 
to send someone to Rwanda? And the answer is it's going to cost roughly £169,000 each, which is a big uh. number. But it's already costs £106,000 just to keep them here. So it's it is sixty three thousand pounds per person extra. That's a that's a, an estimate as well. We don't know for sure. They've put in like ten percent extra just to cover things we don't know about. So everyone we send to Rwanda is going to cost us sixty three thousand pounds more than it would to keep people here. Which on the surface makes it sound ridiculous, but the whole point of this policy is that it will put people off. They will know that if they arrive here illegally, i.e. in a small boat, if they arrive here illegally, they're going to be sent to Rwanda, then they won't come. If they don't come, then we won't have spent that £106,000 on them. So for everyone who doesn't come, we're making, if you put one of them, we're making £106,000, which means that £63,000 per person can end up a huge saving for us if we cut the number of people coming. I see where the maths of it is coming from. I see what, you know, what they're saying with the deterrent. It's a tricky one to prove because no one has actually been sent to Rwanda yet. Oh, and we can never have the stats of people who don't come. Yeah, yeah. Like, that, that's impossible. All we can do is see if if the number of arrivals starts dropping off. I mean, that could be for many, many, many reasons. Maybe France, we're paying France loads of money at the moment to police their border more. And there was Rishi Sunak was recently talking about a 20% drop in numbers coming. And Rishi Sunat's critics on the right, Rishi Sunat's critics who are saying he's not doing enough about the small boats, were saying that's because of the tides and the winds. And when they change, we're going to get loads more. So celebrating 20% fewer people arriving is a ludicrous thing to do. And, and so we have to look at very long-term trends to see if we are deterring people from coming here. And yes, I mean, we've got to see if anyone's ever actually going to be sent to Rwanda. Like, ever. <laughs> yeah, because we've already paid some legal fees around that. You know, oh, millions and millions and millions. People. Yeah, so we're probably on a deficit at the minute in, in terms of this whole overall policy. And we're, we're going to talk, come back to boats later in this, but what Rishi Sunak would say is you have to do something. What we're doing at the moment is completely unsustainable, doesn't work for refugees, doesn't work for us. You know, where's Labour's plan is what he keeps shouting back. What have you got? And this is there. Here's something. Let's see what transpires with this. If they do actually start sending people to Rwanda, that, at that point we can start to back-calculate the benefits or not of this, of this policy. Has, has this been set in stone? Is this definitely what's going to happen? Or is it, are they still the bills? The bills on House of Lords. The House of Lords taking out lots of things. The House. Of, what one thing that a lot of the, the a lot of the amendments currently in the House of Lords are saying is you can't take anyone who's a child. You can't take anyone who's pregnant. You can't take anyone who is LGBTQ. You can't take anyone who is like they're protecting a lot of different people, which will all get taken out in the House of Commons because you can't, this law doesn't work if it's only straight 35-year-old men who can go. We'll, we'll, we'll see. But it's in the House of Lords. They're making changes. It'll go back to House of Commons and House of Commons will take out all their changes. What was the second most popular post, Diane? 
Second most popular post was about junior doctors. But since that post, we've had two more updates around NHS strikes. So if you don't mind, I'm going to roll it all into one beautifully packaged little section here. So if you bear with me. (laughs) Don't talk about yourself like that, Diane. (laughs) First of all, let's go junior doctors. Okay, so junior doctors, they are going to strike for the longest. This is what the BMA claimed, the longest period of time that the NHS has has seen in history. They're going to strike from 7am on the 13th to 7am on the 18th of July. That's five days. So that is going to have quite the impact, you know, that is definitely going to have an impact on scheduled operations, things that are planned in may well move. So it's a big one. It's a huge one. And they say it doesn't have to go into the history books. This is what they said in their statement, the BMA, they said, the government could still step in, they could still talk, it doesn't have to, but if it does, it'll go down in history as the longest NHS strike action. Then we've got consultants, most senior doctors we have in NHS England, and they will be striking on the 20th and the 21st of July. And they said they're going to give a Christmas day level of service. Okay, so they're they're, they're going to provide emergency care. But again, if you have an op planned in on the 20th or 21st of July, it is very likely to move if you're in England. But it was big, big support for consultants on our comments, I've got to say, which surprised me a little bit because they're obviously consultants are very well paid because they're very senior. But there was a lot of support and a lot of love for consultants who have stayed within the NHS. Yeah, that's the big thing, isn't it? Because they could have pivoted to a different country where they're potentially treated better or gone into private practice. I can see why the comments were coming through thick and fast. I read I read a fair few of them as well. And it kind of gave me a bit of a heart swell, if that's a word. <laughs> I think what, what I find difficult about it, and you know, I completely support people's right to strike, I just... When I've been uh, on my mental health journey, these consultant appointments, they're like four months in advance and they are huge, huge life events. I remember all of them very clearly. They were the ones who gave me the diagnoses. They were the ones that kind of took me away from the hospital route, like all kinds of different things. These are huge things. And if I heard that after waiting five, six months, that was on a strike day. Now that wouldn't count as a Christmas day emergency thing. Of course it wouldn't. And it was canceled. That would hurt. Now what they, what every striker always says is yes, it's going to hurt. Don't blame us. Blame the people who pay us badly. It's their fault, not our fault. And I totally get that. Just But the idea of consultant striking, I mean, it makes me feel very anxious because of how important they've been in my life, which means also, I suppose, because of how important they've been in my life, they should be well paid. I mean, whatever. It just it just scares me. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a completely different story than when we turn to nurses because they're the third group we've heard from this week. So the RCN announced the outcome of their they had to reballot their members basically to see if there was an appetite for strike action for the next six months. And they didn't get the turnout to do that. They needed 50% and they got less than that. They got 43. So there won't be in England further strike action from nurses. And quite a lot of shock and disappointment in the comments around that. But nurses are a and a bit of an anomaly because they voted against the government's pay offer for the NHS, but it was implemented across the board. So enough NHS unions backed it for it to be applied. So 
they have had, it wasn't the pay increase they wanted, but they have had a pay increase, which has potentially affected the outcome of, of the, this ballot. History will only tell on all those three points with the NHS. We have talked at length about our love for the NHS in this podcast, and that is represented in the Instagram um, and social media feeds with Simple Politics as well. Hearts go out to the people who feel they need to go on strike. Hearts out to people who unfortunately won't get the service that they want as a result of it as well. No one wants to be in this situation. Guys, stay safe. Take care of each other as much as you can do, really. That's, that's all I can say. What is the top post of this week? It's an interesting one. Tatton. It is an interesting one, but you'll be pleased to know I've got very little to say about it. <laughs> no. Prince, yeah, I mean, Prince William, who's like going to be king and that, he wants to help stop homelessness. And, you know, he's mostly giving his name and he's doing a project in six towns. We don't know where they are. He hasn't given much detail about what it will involve, but it's about community people coming together. So we don't know where it's going to be. We don't know what it's going to be. We know that he's going to give his name to it, but won't do... I mean, he's I, well, he's, he's one guy who's got access to resources, I suppose, but he's not going to be on the ground particularly. Uh, lots of comments about, oh, he's, he's rich. He probably shouldn't be doing it. It's like, well, do you know what? He's using his name to try to stop homelessness. Homelessness is... Is a is a blight on our society, and I, you know, go for it. Let's let, let's see what we can do. If that royal money helps, if that royal light on the on, on it helps, then then that there's there's, there's no downside here. Yeah, I, I have to agree. I guess I'd have a separate discussion about the monarchy, which would really would would definitely have. But <laughs> somebody banging the drum, or you know, on how can we solve this problem? What solutions have we got? Let's come together. It's been in the news all week. I've seen articles about rough sleeping that I wouldn't have seen if he wasn't doing this. It's worked already. Yeah. I mean, people do cast aspersions on the royal family. But if you look at his mother, Princess Diana, the amount of amazing things she's done that still resonate now, the fact that the, you know, the, how people relate to people with HIV AIDS would be a completely different situation if it wasn't for, you know, a simple thing as Princess Diana shaking hands with people. They can really help. They can really help. It may not be the people you want to help. I don't know what that means for you, but they can make changes and let's just hope they do make changes. Kobe, I couldn't disagree with you more. It may not be the people you like or want to help. It doesn't like, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter who we want to help. It's the fact that help is being done and we've got the next in line to the throne. We've got the guy who's going to be king at some point getting involved. Like, it, 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 this is only a good news story. There's nothing else here. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Absolutely. Let's go to the mailbag. This is a point, guys, where you as the listeners and readers can ask the questions of Tatton, Diane, and myself to some extent. Because I know nothing, you know, I'm just political spark these guys at the supernovas. What questions do we have, if any, this week, Diane? Okay, we've got a great question this week. And I really like, 
yeah, yeah. Let's all have a good discussion on this because it's great. It's from Quadrodisco on Instagram. I can mm. only assume some kind of quad roller skater. I don't know. I'm the complete assumption. Um, what is a quad roller skater? You know, on quads, not in lines. <laughs> on quads on the four oh, big like, wheels like, is that what it's called yeah oh okay yeah, yeah there we go <laughs> I I had images of the the return to Oz wheelie people yeah oh that is so frightening <laughs> <laughs> anyway they've raised like such a good point and it's around compulsory voting okay now Quadro Disco says they have lived in Australia for two years and Australia have compulsory voting. It's a civic duty. And they've gradually become a believer that compulsory voting is a good idea. Do you think there's any chance of it becoming something we do in the UK? And pros and cons. What are the pros and cons? So a great question. It, it's a great question. I want to start off by saying I, I, I had a bit of a chat with Roger Jisco on Instagram after this came in and They've bought the book. They've bought Politics for Better. They've pre-ordered it. So Quadra Disco is in my top 10 people. So where can you get the book? So Politics for Better is a book that I wrote uh, that is coming out on, sev- on the 7th of September. And it's about it's just about ways we can do politics better. And so I've got a lot of respect for Quadra Disco. And I <laughs> like them very much. But the short answer to it is there is no chance of it being a thing in the UK. And it's a terrible 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 (laughs) idea if i were a lonely chap right and i'm on i don't know bumble and i liked the profiles of 10 intelligent creative funny and beautiful women right and then none of them have liked my profile back I can either go to Bumble, kick up a fuss, introduce a new law that says all of them must not like me back, right? Which isn't going to be a meaningful relationship. Or I can, I don't know, buy some designer shoes and learn some jokes and improve my profile, do whatever else it takes. And then they'll want to like me back. You can't, Mm. we need to engage (laughs) with people. We need to engage people with politics, not not hit them over the head with a stick and say, you must vote or go to prison. Ah, what? That's not how to engage people. No one, I mean, mandatory things. We don't want mandatory things. We want to fall in love with a vision of the future. We want to know that our vote matters. We want to know that politics something that we want to do i mean honestly compulsory voting it's it's the worst <laughs> but tatted we've got a big problem we've got a big problem in that lots of people don't vote about a third yes. of the country don't vote yes so yes that's the point Diane, <laughs> you're making the point here <laughs> they don't vote because it's rubbish They don't vote because our politics is broken. We need to fix politics, not... If you have to threaten people with prison for doing something, it's probably not that great a thing to do. (laughs) Right? It makes me so cross. Yes, Forcing people to vote. Yes, but tell me. Tell me why. Yes, but. but, Yes, but. Yes, but. Mm -hmm. Right, okay. Okay. So you could convince me, for example, that paying tax is a great idea because mm-hmm. it's great. It's going to help the NHS. It's going to fund things that we all need centrally. It's the right thing to do to pay tax, right? Mm-hmm. But 
you know, you could tell that to the country and lots of people still wouldn't unless it was compulsory. So sometimes you've got to give people a bit of a poke with a stick, haven't you? A little bit. I mean, so you're comparing voting now to someone taking money you've worked very hard to earn. <laughs> you compared it to decent, so you that, know. I, it, <laughs> is that what you think it is? Just this kind of miserable thing that takes your cash away and gives it to some civil servant somewhere, as well as paying for hospitals. I mean, like, but you know what? I, I, I'm happy to pay tax. And the evidence says that we as a country are happy to pay tax because it's not always the low tax parties that get elected so we are we are quite happy to to pay tax there is no campaign to get rid of vat there's i mean it doesn't exist i mean the, listen, there's a campaign for everything but, <laughs> yeah. but but i haven't seen a campaign they're not running onto the pitch at lords shouting just stop vat <laughs> like that doesn't happen we just need to do better and we need to be engaging and we need to work on political engagement throughout people's lives we need to start now in primary schools but we also can't wait till they're they're old enough to vote we need to have a legislature a politics local councils no one votes in council elections but mm. that's because the councils aren't the, i mean the chapter in my book about councils is called where's wally because you can't <laughs> you can't find them you can't spot them we need to solve those problems and make people want to vote and yes some people avoid paying tax and we need to make them want to pay their fair share of tax because paying tax is a really important part of of our lives and we're when we pay tax we are we are building hospitals and doing all, all you know we're paying we're talking earlier about paying consultants we're paying consultants with our tax money it's really important to pay tax and that message probably isn't getting through enough either mm. When I, just, just on that, when I give blood, I think I haven't mentioned this on the podcast before, they then send me a text and say, your blood's been used at mm. this hospital, you know, and it's, it's quite a nice little text to get. But that evidence of outcome to your donation yes. is what's missing yes. in the tax, in the tax and the voting. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I think that's true. And if all else feels, we could just go quite American and go incentives, go free cheeseburger when you vote. <laughs> <laughs> in Look, Scotland, I... so in order to, in order to um, qualify as a polling station, the rules are actually much more lax than you think they are, right? And, and so when you, certainly when you get to more rural constituencies or more rural areas, you, do, you just don't have a church or a school or whatever. And um, there's one place in an island in Scotland, and certainly this is true until quite recently, where there were like 10 people. And so one of their houses was a polling station and she would bake a cake and give everyone a slice of cake when they came to vote. And that's, you know, that's a really nice thing. But I don't like incentives either because they're not buying into it. You've got to, if Sunak or Starmer or whoever else puts out a vision that we just go, yes, that's the country I want, then you're going to go and vote for that. If they don't inspire you and if the council don't inspire you and the PCC, what even is a PCC, don't inspire you, you're not going to vote. And if you're forced to vote, like, how's that going to work? How are you going to decide which you want? Not voting is a political decision. And yes, you can spoil your ballot in Australia. You can go and write, you know, Sodom all on your, on your ballot sheet. But staying at home is a valid political choice. 
and it's an indictment on the awfulness of our politics and what we need is politics but better and fortunately there's a new book coming out on the 7th of september that has an a to z 26 different ways we can make politics better wow i don't see what's wrong with giving a little poke he said get out go to the voting booth maybe not compulsory but maybe not incentive but think of a way to encourage people instead of just trying to inspire. Just trying to inspire. <laughs> what are you gonna do, make five just, a day mandatory as well? You're gonna go to prison if you don't have five a day. Part of it makes it too much about the personalities of the people involved. We see with Boris Johnson, people bought into his personality. Conversely, I don't know whether Rishi Sunak's more sedated personality is gonna help or hinder him in the next election. But you're not voting. I mean, in the, I, I gave Starmer as an example here, but, but you're voting for your local MP. You're voting for the candidates around you. So it's like, it's them who should be around and you should be aware of them. Yeah, no, there's a link. Of course there's a link. They're not the ones at Question but Time. But they should be. They're not the ones at Question Time saying... No, they're not on Question Time, but who's watching Question Time unless you start buying into the whole thing at the ri originally? No one just, you know, switches over it on a Thursday evening uh, who doesn't care already. It's about showing people the importance and then the rest will follow. Quadro Disco, you've you've opened up a can of worms here. Hope you've enjoyed that debate, that debacle. You've bought the book already, so you're already in a good books. But I think it was a good discussion there. Shall we see what Rishi Sunak's been up to this week, guys? Well, Parliament's been very quiet. Uh, Rishi Sunak's been very quiet. So Diane suggested here that we uh, we just have a quick check in on Rishi's five pledges and see what's going on. So first I was halving inflation. And this is a big one. This has been the big story of the week. Interest rates gone up. Inflation's not going down properly. And at the beginning, when he said this, everyone was like, oh, well, that's too easy. Why sing half inflation? That's going to happen without your, without any input from you. You're, you're a silly nana. No, we don't like you. It was too easy. And now it's all like, oh, oh, we might not make it. It's a tricky one because it's not really a reflection of him because he's not in charge of interest rates, for example, and it's going to take time for that stuff to flow through. And it's tricky. We'll see. Don't know about that. Grow the economy. Eek, a little bit. If the economy is growing by 0.1%, that's still growing. And, it, you know, the danger here is that interest rates take money out of the economy. That's the idea. And then that pushes us into recession. So the inflation issue could then also mean that growing the economy isn't happening. But also the recession might start next year. So he might be able to grow the economy a bit and then it kicks in next year. National debt falling. I mean, if you have high inflation, then it falls, doesn't it? So maybe that one. NHS waiting list to fall. Nope. Well, some have. The over two years is completely gone. The over 18 months is almost gone. But total number of people are up on the NHS waiting list. So he will, uh, he will at least be able to point to some waiting lists and say, we've got rid of them. He is already talking about junior doctor's strikes preventing him from meeting that that target because obviously that means more cancellations that means more waiting times so he gets to have a go at the unions again so we'll see about that he will claim to have done that one he will absolutely claim to have done that one and the opposition will say no you ain't and he'll say yes i have and we'll have one of those really fun conversations stopping the boats this was always a tricky one because it sounded like he said the target was to stop the boats yeah 
like definitively. Like definitively, there will be no more mm. boats. But that's not even particularly, like that's definitely not going to happen. Later, they clarified that it might mean passing the legislation to stop the boats, which will have happened. So, okay. Yeah. If it's passed in the legislation, technicalities. Yep, done. Technicalities. Or it will be done by then. If it's actually no small boats, and of course not. So, yeah, and on inflation, the economy is asking us to hold our nerve. So, inflation is going to stop, or interest rates and inflation are going to stop the first three, possibly. But do you know what? I like Rishi Sunak for this. I like standing up in January and saying, these are my five things. These are my priorities. Judge me on this. I don't like the fact that at the end of the day, he'll have half met all of them and still be trying to argue that he's met them all and other people. I don't like that. But I like the transparency. That's the way to do it. That's the way to get people voting. These are my five pledges and I've done them. Look at me. Oh, that's good. Or all oh, those were the wrong pledges in the first place. You know, that's... It's clear, it's engaging, it's got cut through. Well done, Rishi Sunak. Let's try and remember to come back on this at the end of the year and see how well he's done on those five pledges before Christmas and see how well he's done. Crystal Ball, what will be the big stories next week? This is the final part of the podcast, number four. Diane, what have you got on your Crystal Ball? I can't believe we're in July next week. I mean feels ridiculous. Um, I'm in a fleece. We've passed the longest day. Might as well call it autumn. So, <laughs> Winter is coming. Winter yeah. is coming. Um, but we will be in July and there are three by-elections on the 20th of July. So Has Nadine Doris's one been confirmed? No, no she's no. still hanging okay. on. Yeah, but one one of the three on the 20th is, is you know, Boris's uh, seat. So... I would expect a few, couple of things to happen. One, some campaigning, obviously, but two, expectation setting is going to kick in probably in the next week or so. And that is that I don't think the Conservatives expect that they're going to do very well in these seats. But, you know, these are like midterm by-elections. That's not a great shocker, but it will just be really interesting, I think, how that's managed, that message is managed. I mean, I think, what do you think, Dan? Do you think, do you, can they lose all three? I mean, Uxbridge is gone, but can they yeah. lose the, I mean, the other two are 20,000 plus majorities, right? I know, yeah. yeah. Do, can, do, can they lose that it? That would be a think? shocker. It would be a shocker, yeah. It would be a shocker. They'll be campaigning the likes of which we haven't seen for a while, concentrating on, on only three places. So it could be very concentrated. I, I would expect super high turnouts there. So that majority... If if they lose both like big majorities, then there will not be a single Conservative MP who will feel confident about the next election. Mm. And mm -hmm. that's that's an amazing statement, Fez. What is on your crystal ball, Tatton? If anything should be mandatory, it should be watching the liaison committee. It should be on TV in all the schools, in the offices, everyone has to turn the lights out and, and, and stick on the liaison committee, right? What, what, what this is, is all, so there's some things called select committees and each select committee has got a chair. So this is like the Avengers of 
MPs, right? This is the best of the best coming together. All mixed of parties, just the best of the best of all parties. And the prime minister has to come in and sit down for like three hours, two hours, three hours. And they get quizzed individually by people who know what they're talking about. And the, the reason it's so much better than PMQs is because each MP, each committee chair, has a few minutes. So they ask back and forth. And when Rishi Sunak or people before him get questions, they they can't just say, well, I'm doing an amazing thing. Uh, next. Yeah, but how are you doing it? Why is this? Why is that? And you get to see government policy being really, really investigated. And some questions are really hard for the Prime Minister and some are easier discussions. It doesn't go down party lines particularly. Again, in PMQs, Conservative MPs will stand up and say, well, are we doing well? And the Prime Minister will go, yes, we are. Well done, everybody. These committee chairs, because they're, they're ninjas, these people. They're so great. The Conservatives are all like, right, Prime Minister, Defence, why haven't we got enough soldiers? Why are we at a record low of soldiers? And, and for, for example, and the Prime Minister has to know all this stuff and poor prime minister it used to be gordon brown would go into the liaison committee with like loads of lever arch files and loads of paper and he'd have people behind him passing him stuff then david cameron <laughs> david cameron ruined it for everyone because he was like no i'm fine i've got this i don't need any papers so he just kind of went in and sat down at the time everyone was like oh brilliant but then you know theresa may is certainly a prime minister that quite likes to be handed things and uh but now you can't go back there's, there's, there's no going back to the team supporting you that genie doesn't go back in that bottle so it is fantastic to watch it's really important for our constitution it's on tuesday at two o'clock just just watch it watch it watch it watch it it's amazing we cannot we cannot give you a flavor of it through our social media because it's so long and it's so deep and it's not something we can do so you just have to watch it can't wait. Just, I, I can't wait. It's like Christmas. I can't, I can't wait. Christmas in July. Well, that's what, that's what you wanted, wasn't it? You got the cricket as well. Yeah. I'm mean, the day this comes out, I'll be at Lord's. I'll be running on Just Stop Oil <laughs> because I want Johnny Bairstow to carry me off. You're going to be manhandled off the pitch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or, or maybe I'll just enjoy some food and some drinks and watch the cricket. I don't know. One of those two. I suspect the latter. Guys, it's been a pleasure to see your faces again. And I look forward to chatting to you next week and seeing if these crystal balls, prophecies, predictions do come to light. Thank you very much. We'll see you next week. You just heard a stripped media production.